Hi, and welcome to Going Within is the new Going Out. It's your mindset coach, Carol Ann Reed here, and together in this podcast, we're going to be tuning out from the outside world and deep diving within. Because after all, that's where the magic happens. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode where we're going to be demystifying inner child healing and really having a look at the power that we hold within ourselves when we really start to embrace our inner child and what I like to call the little you. So we're going to be not only exploring what inner child is and the significance of our formative years, looking at a bit of capital T trauma, small t trauma, how that can impact us in adult life, but I'm also going to be sort of sharing a few ways in which you can also nurture your inner child and get to know him, her, they, them. Let's start by having a look at what is our inner child and actually understanding the imprinting stages. So early years of our life, it's often described as the imprinting stages and these really lay down the foundations for our beliefs, behaviours and emotional responses. The prime imprinting stages is between the age of naught to seven. Now children are like flipping sponges as we know. They absorb everything from their environment and that's without a filter. I want you to really just hear that that yourself, you will have taken everything in from your environment, absorbing the information with no filter. You did not have a a, a preconceived idea of what the world is. You certainly didn't have any life experience. Everything you heard, everything you saw, everything you experienced, everything you felt for the first time or witnessed other people feeling imprinted in. It literally absorbs in like a sponge because that's what our brain is there to do between the age of naught to seven. But it's during that time where our core beliefs around worthiness, love and safety are formed. And I'm sure that you can even just now start to cast your mind back. Well, what kind of environment did you grow up in? And of course, this goes without saying, I'm not going to invite you, especially if you did have a turbulent or traumatic um, childhood in any way. If this is triggering, I'm going to recommend that you kind of stay conscious with me. Don't reflect back too much because we don't want to be opening up any wounds whilst you're sort of listening to this. But if it feels safe for you to do, begin to explore like, what was it that you witnessed growing up? What was it that you heard? This is where things like our religions, our perceptions on political beliefs, how the world operates, the governments, people with money, without money, what relationships are like, what men or women are like, is marriage good, is it safe to drive, all those things you learnt, you were sponged in from such a young age. Then we've got the age range of 7 to 14, which continues the imprinting. This is kind of where it it kind of solidifies the perspectives about, like I've just shared, the relationships, your self-esteem and societal roles. Probably the best way to kind of summarize it. So we wonder why when kids are hitting teenage ages that they start to rebel a, bit, a, a little bit. Because they start to recognise that they are separate to their parents or caregivers or whoever they were around growing up. They start to feel and sense, hang on a minute, 
I need to navigate and experience things myself to get a more broad perspective. So little thing here, if you do have teens and they're acting out, it seems like they're going against the grain, they're they're saying the opposite to what you believe, or that is them exploring, is the world really what I have have grown up to believe that it is. That's not to say that if, if you are a parent that they're doing it on purpose to be frustrating or whatever else you want to call it. It's a part of like, reflect back on your teen years. Did you or did you not, whether or not you were punished for it or not, but did you or did you not try to kind of push through the boundaries? That That is a, a big thing around teens. Anyway, like I always say, that's for another podcast episode. So bringing it back to understanding the imprinting ages and the stages, that's sort of the, the two primal ones when it comes to our, our childhood. So let's kind of have a, a look and discuss why inner child healing, it's not just a psychological concept but it's a profound and like important journey for us to go on. Healing the wounds of our inner child, it allows us to revisit and reparent those early versions of ourselves. And you've no doubt heard or seen online that that really powerful saying that the way that we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. The way that you were spoken to as a child became your inner voice. So when we're looking at it from the aspect of inner child healing, there's two things that I always say that that this is. It's reparenting and reprogramming. And caveat, this is not about pointing fingers, blaming, shaming, anything else. We almost want to see that the way that we were brought up, whoever it was, whether it was a traumatic upbringing or or not, let's just try to go at it from that place of for your own healing journey, that your caregivers, your, your primal caregivers were simply doing the best that they could with the resources, with their own experiences that they could. That's a whole other a whole other thing to dive into. And like I said, this isn't letting anyone off the hook because I know from this work that I do, some of the experiences that people have had, it's it's beyond what we would even begin to comprehend would be possible for children to experience. But unfortunately it happens. But we're not here to point blame fingers or or sorry, to to point fingers or blame or shame. We're here for you. We're here for your freeing, for your healing, for your ability to be able to move forward and reparent, reprogram and be, dare I say, free, free to be you, free to think for yourself in new ways and free from past trauma. So speaking of that word trauma, I'm talking about trauma with the capital T. So the big the big traumas that a lot of people may have experienced, that is often the abuse, the neglect, the... Um, whether that is they've experienced it themselves or they have witnessed, been witness to it. Abandonment is also um, quite a common one. Or it's the little T trauma. Now, as I sort of shared up at the beginning, I rarely, well, in fact, I never go in to any client calls or anything like that going, so the likelihood is, is we're going to do some inner child healing. I explain what heart healing and inner child healing is and I almost let the penny drop for themselves because it kind of sometimes makes people sit up straight a little bit and they can get a little bit defensive. Not all but I have seen it happen. I know I certainly did it myself and it sounds a little bit like this. 
Well, I, I, I had a great upbringing. I mean, we, we didn't have all that much, but my parents worked hard. They did all that they could to provide. We went on, and this is the thing I hear all the time, it was just a kind of a normal upbringing. We went on one holiday a year, maybe two holidays a year, caravan holidays, that, that, that was for myself. And yeah, nothing, nothing really major to report. And that is great. <laughs> if that is you, great. And we're not looking for those near-death experiences. That is not what it always comes down to. Our inner child, so, so let's just kind of take this back to how trauma is imprinted in us as children. And I'm going to sort of give, give the example here from a small t trauma. So when you first experience something and you have a nervous system response, if it is something that triggers a fight, flight, freeze or fawn response, which let's be honest, we have plenty of those of, uh, as, as children. It's actually a great thing because we need to experience these things for us to begin to create our map of the world. If we walk by a snarling dog that's foaming at the mouth with its big teeth yapping in our faces and our nervous system doesn't have that instant response of, oh my God, run as fast as you can because that dog sent, I can sense the danger. If we didn't have our nervous system responding in that way, you might have walked over to the dog and gone, oh, look at how white those teeth are on that cute fluffy doggy. And then it savages your hand. So our nervous system is there to respond to our environment, to keep us safe, to keep us alive. So when it comes down to those experiences, though, when it comes to the classroom, when it comes to, I don't know, I'm just going to use this example that was my own. And that is where, I don't know if, if you were ever a, a child like this, but I used to love doing little performances. And that would tend to be magic tricks, uh, dance routines, you flipping name it. And let's just say one day parents get home and they're tired, they've been working all week and you're like, quick, quick, come and watch me do this. Look, I can do the crab and kick back over. And they've just had enough and they're like, and they react in a way of like, just give me some space. That's great, but I've not got time to watch you do this. You've already shown it me a hundred times. <gasps> rejection. <gasps> Nervous system responses. Freeze. I've not felt this experience of rejection before. Now, in the grand scheme of things, that does not sound like the most traumatic experience, does it? It's a very, very common thing. And as a parent myself now, the amount of time whenever I talk about inner child and little T traumas, I'm like, holy moly, there will no doubt be so many that has happened between me and the boys. But it's life. This is a part of their journey as well. So if you're listening and you're like, crap, I will have absolutely imprinted however many on my children or nieces, nephews, etc. Don't worry. We can only learn what we know now and move forward with it. But what happens in those moments when we experience that instant fight, flight, the nervous system comes in, you have that safe freeze response, we get that hot flush, we feel it put out, we feel rejected, is from a scientific point of view, let's call it, what the scientists call is part of our psyche freezes in the in that moment of time our psyche almost takes a snapshot i.e our subconscious mind our nervous system takes a takes a snapshot of that experience 
and then you continue on with your day. You're like, well, that's not very nice that they don't want to watch. I'm going to wait until my neighbour's home. That's why I used to. I'm going to wait till my neighbour's home and then they'll want to watch. But that seemingly, and it is, it is such innocent rejection can then imprint. And then the next time, let's just give another example of they're doing the school play and you go in for a part that you would just love. You've been practicing. You want to get picked for it. You think, come on, this is it. This is finally my time. And then you don't get it. And your best mate gets it instead. That can trigger that same automatic response where your psyche was frozen in time, where it was that snapshot from the nervous system. And your brain starts to log, hang on a minute. When I, there's a, there's a, there's a, pattern here. When I put myself out there, even to my loved ones, even to those that gave me life, I feel rejected and that feels awful. When I put myself out there in this play, rejection, feel awful, what happens the next time when they're asking someone to speak out in class and you see other people put their hands up? Are you going to be drawn to put your hands up and then risk not being picked again? risk being rejected. Now, I know this sounds so exaggerated, but that is quite literally how our little minds that have got no life experience to think, well, the teacher can only pick one person. Your parents are just have a really, really, really tough day. Or the teachers can only pick one person for a play. It doesn't matter if your mate got it. At least it just doesn't matter. Because when those moments start to imprint in, this is where we end up as adults trying our best to put ourselves out there in the big wide world and feel so vulnerable in doing so. And before we know it, we're retracting back to that place of safety. And it just doesn't always make sense. The amount of people that reach out to me to work on uh, presentation skills. And when we actually whittle it right down, it isn't presentation skills that they lack. It's confidence. It's their nervous system firing off from past experiences where they fear rejection, where they fear being shamed, being laughed at, fear of getting it wrong. Because if you're a 30, 40, 50, 60, however old you're old in a boardroom, let's be honest, how many people are actually legitimately, other adults going to sit there and laugh at you? if you stumble on a word. Like, and if they are, then they're just dicks. But like, the likelihood of that actually happening, that says way more about them than you. The likelihood of that happening is so small. But in that moment when you're preparing for the presentation, all your nervous system is, 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 is being reminded of is red flag, red flag, red flag. You've done this before in the past and it went horrible. You felt horrible. And my goal is to keep you alive and feeling safe. Okay, like abort, abort, abort. So I'm hoping that this kind of begins to explain how this isn't just a case of you were abandoned or a parent left or you abused or you witnessed abuse as a child. That is where heart healing and, and in particular inner child healing can be so incredibly beneficial. So incredibly beneficial. I'm sure that goes without saying. But I often come out with a sweeping statement of, I hand on my heart believe that the world would be such a significantly different place if we were to dedicate ourselves to getting to know our inner child, being compassionate with our inner child, reparenting and reprogramming, healing, 
bringing that part of us, that psyche, or in the more spiritual aspect, we actually refer to it as parts of our soul fragment when we go through those repeated experiences, bringing those fragmented parts of our soul back home bringing our inner child home, regulating, re-regulating our nervous system to recognize actually it's safe and putting you back in the driver's seat. Because if inner child knows that it's finally safe to speak up and speak out, you're only going to come from a place of flow, confidence, empowerment. No doubt some nerves might come up, but you're going to go and smash that presentation. If you got dumped in your teens or your early years or you were shamed in any way through a relationship, through a friend, through boyfriend, girlfriend, etc. And then you wonder why you fear relationships. It's so often that we can piece that back to our inner child. So like I said, this isn't just a psychological concept. It's a journey. It really is a journey. And I love this this quote, this, this wisdom from Carl Jung. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. I'm just going to repeat that one more time. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. The moment that we can start to embody that perception on no matter what happened to us in, in our lives... Like I've worked with people that have have been through significant abuse and abandonment and they are thriving in their relationships, in their life, in career, in family because they made a choice that their younger self, their experiences will not define who they are. It may have defined who they were and it may have been such a painful thing carrying it around but... Do you know what? I'm actually really confident in saying that the pain of carrying and the weight of carrying around trauma and and pain past experiences is nothing like when you actually go through the healing. I honestly see, and I, I hear this being said, that people avoid going to therapy, whether it's counselling, whether it's therapy, whether it's more of the the, the spiritual um, healing side, the heart healing, the, the soul discovery. I call it soul first aid, where you really go on that profound journey of discovering who you are, who you can be, and freeing yourself in that space through healing. That journey is nothing like the weight and the pain of carrying around what you have been or or maybe what you are. Yes, there may be incredibly vulnerable moments. And this is why I would always say just make sure that if you ever do go on a journey, if this is resonating with you, that you make sure that you really resonate with the person who's going to be guiding you through your your healing journey or, or your therapy journey, making sure that they are qualified, that they are trauma-informed and they are insured. You want to make sure that you do your digging and and most importantly, that, that you have that space of trust there, that you feel safe in that space. Um, that is what I, I, I always recommend to people. It's so important. Um, so yeah, like like that is 
almost like a snippet into what inner child is. And I'm sure that there's so many more layers that we could peel back on the conditioning and really addressing how patterns are formed and how they can manifest in our adult lives. But my hope is that this is kind of demystified the sometimes daunting concept of inner child healing and actually just making it more accessible for anyone on their journey of self-discovery. So I want you to really leave this episode with the knowing that it's possible, knowing that anything that you experienced, no matter whether it was big or small, I don't want you to just dust it off. I don't want you to just think, yeah, well, there's people that have, that have experienced way worse things for me. Gosh, is, who am I to be moaning about this? I'm so privileged. If your experiences are holding you back, you deserve that inner freedom. You truly deserve to have that sense of inner self-love. But as, as a beautiful uh, saying goes, to truly love yourself, you must first love the child within you. So I recommend that you open your heart and begin this beautiful journey of embracing and nurturing that, that inner child, that little you. The next time you find yourself triggered, Let's say you have got put forward for a promotion, a friend triggers you by saying something, I don't know, someone might let you down at the weekend, something that you were really looking forward to and it triggers all kinds of past wounds. Rather than beating yourself up about it, I want you to really tune into that inner part of you, that inner child that's experiencing that old pattern, that old pain and just say, do you know what? It's okay, I see you. Because you might have gone to a parent, a caregiver, a teacher and gone, it's not fair, all my friends are playing together and they won't let me play. And your teacher, your parent, caregiver, dust it off, well go and play with someone else. And they just downplay that you were really hurt by that. I want you to really tune in and, okay, I see you. I know this hurts you and that's okay. That is kind of that first step of acknowledging that awareness around it. And that can actually start the healing process of almost accepting this is painful and that's okay. I'm going to sit with this. I am going to imagine that I'm giving that inner child within me, whether, God, we haven't even really gone into heart healing, but that inner child, I'm going to imagine that I'm giving her a huge hug right now because that's what I know that she needs or he needs or they need. My hope is that this has been insightful. This has kind of demystified what we would call the inner child. And of course, as always, please, please, please head over. Let us know your thoughts on this. Have you experienced something that maybe you're like, oh my gosh, light bulb moment. This is what I needed to hear to give me that permission slip. Maybe this is the first time that you've been introduced to the concept of inner child. Maybe you just want to share your thoughts. Like, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you would like me to go deeper into any topics around this, I'm the first to open up any um, any thoughts for, for topics for, for future podcast episodes. If you've loved this, don't forget to leave us a little review, a like and a share. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could share this with a friend who you just know would love it too. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know when next week's drops. 
sending you all the love and light. <laughs>